everyone, as I have this mm, frog in my throat, happy spring. How are you, Carl Middleman? I had a very emotional night at the St. Louis Blues game last evening, and it was very well done. And if you watch it on TV or if you were there in person, I'm sure you were very moved. Great. I have to see it because I was actually out with friends. We'll talk to our friend Paul Cook in just a moment. Then around minute seven, all the new happenings with Disney+. Plus. Around minute 12, the new Tina Turner documentary on HBO Max. Around minute 30, reopenings around the area. Around minute 33, boys versus girls. Around minute 38, bad trip. Around minute 46, Lynn reviews nobody. Around minute 54, six minutes to midnight. And then around one hour and four minutes, Operation Varsity Blues. Yesterday was my two-week anniversary of getting the vaccine, so I could hug people that I haven't <laughs> seen or hugged for a whole year. Did you get a did you get a prescription that says that you can hug people again? <laughs> no, but I have my vaccine card. Oh, that that's no. Some some doctors are writing people prescriptions saying that they can hug their family members. Really? Yeah. Well, I haven't, yeah, well, it was so wonderful because the last time I literally saw my friends, Chris and Jerry, was at the Serbian church fish fry in Lent of 2020. And so so you went to another fish fry? No, because, you know, the church ones aren't open inside. They're doing curbside. So we went to the great Piccadilly and at Manhattan in Maplewood. Oh. And had Mm -hmm. fish. And it was wonderful. That voice you hear in the background is our guest, Paul Cook. <laughs> Hi, Paul Cook. How are you? Hey, guys. What's going on, Lynn and Carl? We're so excited to see you because I was hearing you on KTRS the uh, last weekend all about your great work, Paul Cook Talks, and how you work with parents and kids, even during the pandemic, because you're virtual, about... Um, drugs and substance abuse and this horrible thing that is uh, killing people in St. Louis called fentanyl. So Mm. I know you have been busy. Yes, doing a lot of virtual videos, uh, producing five of them for um, Illinois high schools right now, Granite City, Roxanne, all of those. And those should be exciting. And they're going to be also up at paulcooktalks.com. But you are right. I mean, parents always needed help because they always kind of feel like, I don't know, my kid's listening to me. I'm a big tune out. And, you know, now you've got fentanyl and just everything else, COVID anxiety. So trying to help them, trying to support parents and raising drug-free kids. Yeah, because it's it's insidious. And uh, in St. Louis, it's an epidemic in the city. And nationwide, 200 people under age 50 are dying a day during mm-hmm. this opioid crisis. And, yeah. and, and uh, we need to address that. I mean, I know we need to address a lot of things, but what you're doing is really good localizing it because people think it's somebody else. It's not in their family. It's, you know, on the streets in, in bad neighborhoods. And that's not true at all. It's so true. It doesn't discriminate, you know, like addiction does, but the, the, the Andy is up because, well, it all starts from substance experimentation. And now one experimentation moment could kill you because fentanyl created by the cartels and sent over from Asia could be in things. And as you know, in, um, 
even in Xanax that is counterfeit out there that people are, you know, mailing away for. You sent me a great article on that. So thanks for mentioning it all. Well, good. I'm so glad. And we miss you on the radio. So it's nice to hear you at least once in a while as a guest on KTRS. I know you and Julie Buck were interns, weren't you, at Y98? Yeah, it, it was crazy, right? I mean, so crazy. She's just, I think she's an amazing talent that doesn't get credit. And obviously, you know, rightfully so in some ways because of the incredible brother and dad. But she is super on KTRS in the midday every day. And I'm going to be filling in coming up, uh, pretty much coming up there on KTRS. Well, wow. that's 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 so wonderful. Uh, she keeps John Carney in line. I mean, Jack, uh, you know, yeah, she keeps John Carney yeah, in John. line. Yeah, yes. and then our friend Max is the Salty. producer. Yeah, and Great so guy. yes, and so uh, they were so happy to get Max back. And uh, yeah, John will say these outrageous things, and she'll just look at him like, you know, I have to see these people. And, <laughs> and it's it's funny just how they have like a brother sister relationship, even though they're the dynasty. They're the legacy of yes. great broadcasters in St. Louis. So. Yeah, yeah, Carney said to me once, uh, we're in the Lucky Sperm Club. I don't know if that's <laughs> yeah. too blue, but, and he said, we're got little shirts with a little sperm on the, you know, where the eyes are would be, made me laugh. Oh, yeah. That sounds something like John would say, yes. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, well, uh, we have, well, uh, with spring has sprung, everybody's got a spring in their step, and uh, more and more things are reopening, movie theaters are reopening, Regal cinemas are supposed to be back next month but i went to the gravoy bluffs website to see if they were returning and they didn't have anything yet but well they just hired those people back to work on the website so you know they that's not the priority for them right now right but (laughs) skyview drive-in will open this friday with with, new movies yes godzilla versus kong and tom and jerry on the other screen aha which kids will love. So, uh, well, I mean, we didn't, we no, adults no. didn't the like it. The kids will not love it. The kids will go, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but it's still doing well. Uh, the, the animated kids movies are, are making great box office because Raya the Disney- and the Dragon is still the number one movie in the country. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Disney had some news this week uh, that uh, they have pushed back black widow from may to july and it is also going to be on premier access same as cruella cruella is going to still stay at may 28th but disney will open in theaters and premier access which costs 30 dollars. but on disney plus you need to say right. it's, on, it's on disney plus so you'll be able to mm. instead of going to a theater to see black widow you can get it on disney plus if you pay the bonus but the good thing mm. is uh, the coming of age Pixar movie, Luca, which I'm looking forward to because I love all Pixar, uh, they uh, are going to not have any extra cost and that'll be June 18th. So we have some things to look forward to. Yes, I'm looking forward to all of those things and it's going to be fun. Uh, I've been, you've been waiting for Black Widow now for a year and you can now finally see it and after i believe this by then uh winter soldier will be finished i'm sorry the falcon and the winter soldier will be finished (laughs) 
Right, only which which is a, uh, the movie. Well, the TV series is on Disney Plus and doing very well. And I regret to report I haven't had a chance to see it yet. But I'm I have seen to... both episodes, and uh, after the first one gets you in in the first ten minutes, and then each episode has one standout action scene, and that's enough to keep it going. Uh-huh. Well, Paul, do your girls get into the Disney Plus or are they too old now? That's a great question. They they got into it right off the bat, but I think a little bit a little too old now. But we love Soul. That was so good. Yep. Oh, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just a great one. And yeah, I maybe I'm the guy that got into that more, checking checking <laughs> out all the new stuff. I, I really enjoyed it. But oh my gosh. Uh, the uh, Scarlett Johansson show you're talking movie you're talking about. I mean, they just keep pushing that back. It's gonna there's gonna be new technology by the time that is a new movie. No, it'll be you. It's first of all, it's all in flashback <laughs> anyway, so it doesn't. Oh. It's not like pushing the story forward like uh, WandaVision did. It's all. It's all. It's all taken because if you remember Endgame, uh, it did not end very well for the Black Widow. So no. So it's very sorry to interrupt. It's very interesting though that so they're probably going to go back and see how she was formed, right? Is that what you're saying, Carl? Um, I I don't know, and I'm 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 trying to be I'm trying to stay spoiler free, and I'm trying not to find out enough about the movie. So I don't I actually don't believe goes back to her origins. I but it might. Oh, I I think it. She and Hawkeye keep having discussions about, hey, do you remember what happened? And so this actually might be that mission, or it might not be. I, 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 I'm trying to stay blissfully ignorant about it so I can enjoy it to my fullest extent. We'll have to but, wait, 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 wait. We waited, we've waited a year already. And yeah. hey, Lynn, this is one thing I wanted to let you know about The Falcon and The Winter Soldier. Disney has added more legends, so you can find out about the Falcon. Oh, find good. out about the Winter Soldier. You can also find about Sharon Carter, played by Emily uh, Van Camp, and Zemo, who was the villain in Captain America: Civil War, who they mention in Episode Two, but you have not seen yet. And there's a there's a scene in Episode Two, and I said to my wife, "Is that Carl Lumley?" It is Carl Lumley, and it, it made me it made me very happy to see him. Well, that's wonderful because I loved WandaVision so much, and Anthony Mackie is a great addition as the Falcon, and Sebastian Stan has been so good in the early movies as Bucky. They're so, so the, pretty looking at each other. Yeah, the Winter Soldier. <laughs> and, there are uh, a lot of scenes where they just stare at each other, and <laughs> one of one of the one of the other characters. Uh, Mr. Barnes, uh, I'm sorry, Captain, what was it? Private Barnes, Bucky's, uh, PO officer slash uh, counselor slash psychiatrist says, are you two just going to look at each other? And yeah, that's, that's what they want. People want to look at each other. Yeah, well, Anthony Mackie was yeah, yes. he was so good in that. What was that movie about the, the uh, synthetic drug? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Synchronic. Synchronic, right? Yeah. So Anthony Mackie 
is very versatile. He can play the villain and he's bone chilling. He can play the hero and he's sympathetic. He just, it's the way his face look. He's got a very stoic look. And so he can do comedy. He can do drama. He can do action. Anthony Mackie, very underrated. Oscar nominee for Hurt Locker. So, um, uh, Paul, this is the first week that we don't have any kind of franchise movies opening, but we have some interesting new releases. Well, should we start with the, since Paul worked for 19 years in music on a station that shall not be named, even though Lynn already named it once. uh, (laughs) Lynn. Well, Lynn, a station that shall not be named. Um, there is a movie on HBO debuting this weekend about St. Louis's own, and we will claim her, Tina Turner. And it is, exactly. Oh, it is so good. It is directed by Daniel Lindsay and TJ Martin. And one of them has relatives in St. Louis. I don't know which one, but they did the Oscar winning Undefeated from 2011. And if you have not seen this movie, Look it up. It is about it won, it won best documentary. Yeah, it is about a, a football team in West Memphis, Arkansas, which is dirt poor. It's across from Memphis. And they had always had this losing football team. And this coach that works at the hardware store, too, he <laughs> instills in them, he gets them together, and they have an undefeated season, which is why it's called oh. Undefeated. And it's just this wonderful sports movie. And if you love sports movies, but it's real, it really happened. It's and a documentary, it's, just, it's not a it's not a biopic, it's a documentary. Cool. Right. And when uh, one year when I was the venue captain at the Wildy in Edwardsville when the St. Louis International Film Festival decided that they would try to have an East Side venue. Uh, we showed this movie on, on this Sunday night and one of the guys in the audience said he was related to one of the directors. So that's why I know that, but I can't remember which one. So, cause I it was 2011, it you know. Many times and I thought it was just something maybe a two inside of a, uh sports movie and oh my gosh i'm so glad you guys did that last time too you gave me like 10 things to check out not to derail it but i mean even watching uh the one with gary oldman being uh nominated this year mank mod mank i found that to be pretty interesting but i know we're not here to talk about that we're, no, we're but, talking uh, you you can say you love. can say how great of a piece of fiction it is because it is fiction and is not <laughs> a biopic of any means everything that they purport to be true is not but okay yes is it's a good, it's a right? wonderful piece of fiction well yeah. it's got it's got beautiful cinematography sound it's design the shot. score the the and amanda seyfried's good and yeah it's just it's just a mess the in whole terms political of the thing is bs and it didn't happen and yeah. right right wow. that's he what plays makes a great me drunk, upset though. right I but know, Tina, he plays a great drunk but what these directors for Tina did is they have access to her, which is rare because she is 81 and in failing health. And, and she doesn't want to talk the entire movie. She's like, I don't want to talk about Ike. I don't want to talk about Ike. I wrote a book so I would not have to talk about Ike. I talked to People magazine so I wouldn't have to talk about Ike. And everyone just wants to talk to Tina Turner about Ike. 
who, by the way, passed mm. in 2007 and did win a Grammy Award at some point in the, you know, the previous decade. So right. it does go into detail. It's, it's divided into chapters. But this woman is remarkable because she grew up. What, one thing fascinating was you think you know her story, but you don't. And it's no. not just all about Ike. It is a woman who was raised in Nutbush, Tennessee on a cotton farm. Her parents were sharecroppers and her mother abandoned her. Well, both parents Ooh. abandoned yes. her. Yes. Yeah, so it was it really sad, but she did come up to St. Louis to live with her mother when she was in high school. She went to Sumner, as so many other greats did, Chuck Berry, and even Tennessee Williams went to Sumner. And now, so uh, that's why I'm so happy they saved it, because, you know, it's still going to be, well, it's going to be more arts focused. Now, Tina lives in Europe now and rarely comes back to the United States. She came back to Broadway when they did the Tina Turner Jukebox musical in on Broadway. But if I would have ever gotten to speak with Tina Turner, I would want to ask her about her St. Louis days. But I don't know after seeing this, if there is a way to do it, <laughs> because she hmm. keeps saying, why do you guys keep bringing up all this stuff? But we wouldn't have to talk about Ike. She had other memories of St. Louis besides her former husband. So, right. You, well, as people that interview Lynn and Paul, you interview people all the time. How do you get, a, is there a way to get away with that question, knowing what you know about Tina Turner? I think I got so. one. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I would say, uh, and I haven't seen the documentary. Is People are watching it. Is it out? I guess it's, you said. it's on HBO tonight. Max. It's, a, it's on uh, uh, straight up HBO tonight. Well, maybe a teaser more than a spoiler. I've read about it, and they say she doesn't want to talk about it, doesn't want to do it, but it comes up as you maybe kind of alluded to, and that organically, you know, she talks about her life, and boom, it goes to that abuse or that trauma, and that's how you would interview someone. You'd go towards. Uh, you know, difficulties, trauma without mentioning it, you know, or tell me some stories if you know it was prominent in their life. And that's exactly what happens. I think she gets through uh, and, and, you know, I don't want to talk about it. And then a story comes up about Ike or, or early trauma in her life. But she's really when there are scenes in the movie where she's really, really standoffish about it when she goes, oh, we're going to do this, are we? And because if, if you came in, hey, Hi, I'm from St. Louis. And she's like, I, I don't know if there'd be a way to get her memories of St. Louis without making uh, her upset. Yeah, and she said that. Uh, she said that it, if she talks about it too much, it shows up in her dreams. She has nightmares about it and dreams where he's in and out. And so you kind of understand that. And of course, at her age, she's no BS, right? But there was so many high moments as well. Like you said, you know, just the career success and the springboard, there has to be great St. Louis moments. Well, the uh, Erwin Bach is her current husband and he was a former record producer and they met in 1986. And for her, it was love at first sight. And they lived together for mm. like 20 some years. They finally got married in 2013. And so uh, he's the love of her life and they live on the, on Lake, Zurich in Switzerland and it's gorgeous they do have a rare photo of their house inside and he talks about how traumatized she is by it and 
back in when she was going through this, and uh, I know because uh, I have, um, my mother was a victim of domestic abuse. So I had a lot of issues about that because in the 60s, nobody knew anything. Nobody, there was nothing. There was nothing hmm. to help women back then. So she that's why I think she's so traumatized because she didn't have friends. She didn't have somebody to talk to. And then Oprah, her friend, is in the movie and says... Back then, nobody was talking about abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse, domestic, nothing. And then mm -hmm. Tina, the groundbreaking interview with People Magazine in 1981, she revealed everything to the music editor and he's shown in the movie. And that's when everything broke open wide, but it also unleashed this great thing. Like when Oprah had her on, Oprah said, in my office basement, we have 50,000 letters from women. Mm -hmm. You know, they were so wow. grateful that she brought it up because then it kind of felt free. You know, when I was in newspapers after um, OJ Simpson died uh, and I talked to the domestic abuse hotline people and they said, we are having so many calls now because the OJ case brought it forward. And so people, you know, people got to feel safe to bring that up. Yes. And absolutely. so, so that's why she's revered, but it, her second act is remarkable. And I know Paul, you were in radio when what's love got to do with it first came out and she, when she got divorced from Ike, she got nothing. She had 36 cents in her pocket when she left him. And she talked to that Ramada Inn manager who let her she stay talked, there. She said, Hey, here's who I am. There'll be someone to get me tomorrow. I don't have any money. Can I have a room for the night? Because she ran, she left the hotel she was staying, ran across. This was in Texas, or Dallas, maybe? Yeah, Dallas. And she ran across the highway and went on the run. Yeah, wow. she was eating, um, Ike was eating candy and gave her a piece and it was melty and she must have had a reaction and he started beating her up in the car. And by the wow. time she got to the hotel, she was all, her face was like two inches out and she had blood and she was like, that's it. That's it. Because mm. nobody would say anything. Everybody was looking at her like, because everybody knew what he was doing to her. So for her, she was just taking every job possible in music. She was doing, you know, and she got a residence. Well, not a residency, but she was at Vegas and she was doing a cabaret act. And then she was trying to get a manager and the Roger Davies, who is a mastermind, you know, finally took her on because he saw her live and he was like, wow. She well, that, is was, that was one of the, one of the things, if you think, you know, her story, you, you don't really know everything about her story. They show this clip with her, Tony Tennille, uh, peaches from peaches and herb, uh, and Karen Carpenter. And no, it's uh, Olivia Newton-John. Olivia Newton-John. But there, I, I want to say Karen Carpenter's in that shot too. They don't mention her, but she's she's listed in the credits. Uh -uh. So I, I, it was so weird. And it was some variety show and they had her singing somebody else's song. And it was Olivia Newton-John's variety show. And they said, we can do something with her. She should be singing her own song. She shouldn't be this, Elvis type Las Vegas cabaret act. We need to get her her own music. And 
they show the original version of what's love got to do with it and it is not the tina turner song that you know that went to number one <laughs> no it's this wow. it's this a drippy pop it's this four-person pop thing you know because it was just and uh so so she hated the song she got with a, a songwriter and then well then she added her own spin to it and it went number one her first solo number one album and then her goal was to sell out arenas like the rolling stones and she did she caught she taught mick jagger how to dance she's 50 yeah. years old and she's selling out arenas and she has this amazing energy i would like a fourth of that energy that she shows on stage and the wearing the high heels you know and stuff yeah. wigs. but there is there is one shot of her without a wig there is one shot of her without a wig and her tight hair and it is but she still looks like tina yeah mm. and and uh, amazing she sold a hundred million records by wow. herself and then of course she was in mad max beyond thunderdome and See, they, um, they talk about that they she had an she had an acting career too and you know um I I always like I when I was growing up I didn't care for Private Dancer the album or the song or and I wasn't like I was probably too young to to really enjoy what's love got to do with it I know all the words but I always liked We Don't Need Another Hero and oh, my yeah. favorite mm -hmm. Tina Turner song they is not in the documentary that's a small quip but better be good to me is not better in the documentary at all Wow. I love that song. I love I that's a top both ten hit. Yeah, I love simply the best. I was trying to think the other day, where is my oh. best? I have a best of Tina Turner album. I'm like, where is it? It's called I mean, the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then uh, the uh, so it shows how many Grammys she won from mm -hmm. What's Love Got to Do with It, and then it shows the movie. And Angela Bassett says, "I have a career because of her," and and she does. I mean, she does. And then, and then Tina drops a bombshell. That she says she's never watched the movie and why would she? She's like, I lived that. I don't need to watch it. And she said she's never watched it. I'll, I'll tell you, that speaks to kind of what I've been thinking as you're having this conversation, which is how incredible she is in the 100 million records and her contagious charisma, but unprocessed trauma, which we know so much more about today. She didn't want to see the movie probably because of all the Ike stuff, which again goes to that very right by the surface pain that she still deals with. And, and yeah. Lawrence Fishburne, he's not interviewed for this movie and he's barely in any of the clips they show because the movie is not called Ike, it's called Tina. Right, well, That's just right. a little just a little bit about Ike, but I think you're right, Paul, because she has PTSD from it. And yeah. and we know so much more about trauma now than, than we did back then. But and you hear from some of her kids and they uh, they corroborate everything that she said. Yeah, mm. her uh, four mm. boys, she adopted the two that Ike had. And then she had one from another relationship. And then she had one with Ike, her, her son, Craig, committed suicide in 2018 and uh the film is dedicated to him as well as the female manager that she had and and i did the um, yeah but she's before she died she was interviewed for this film right well i okay i can tina turner in st louis kings of rhythm that was his band in st louis and she 
was mesmerized by them and she wanted to sing with them and ike finally let her sing one time you know he was just blowing her off all the time and then when she sang he was amazed and then she became the singer in the band and they played at the club imperial in north city which was owned by george edick and he was the first guy in st louis to integrate the clubs I did his obit. I did this temp job at the Post in 2002 where I wrote feature obits. And that was the summer that Jack Buck and Daryl Kyle died. So, yeah. So anyway, um, George Edick died and he was the club imperial. So I got to, so I called up uh, some people I knew and I got a hold of Bob Cuban and Joe Edwards and Joe Edwards was going to try to get me Chuck Berry because he was at the duck room that night but he never did call but anyway George Edick was a legend in St. Louis for integrating the clubs he Chuck Berry I can Tina Turner whatever and so um, yeah the club imperial if you ever hear about that but Obviously, they uh, with Tina Ike and Tina was quite the the thing. But she so was anime. She was anime back then, and he gave her her he name. He gave that's, her name without asking her, and that's why she wow. wanted her name in the divorce. She got nothing. He got all the rights to Proud Mary and everything, and uh, so mm. she literally had to start over, but she got to keep her name. And that's why that's such a big deal in the movie when she says, mm-hmm. I want my name. And so, yeah, but no, it's so fascinating. And it shows that in middle age, she found love. She found great success. So never say never, because, you know, she was told yeah. no probably all the time. Sure. Yep. You're never too old. Yeah. And you remember, I remember she was at the Riverport with a, uh, Cindy Lauper in the late 90s and I so wanted to go but but I I didn't get to go but that was one live act you were like if you saw Tina Turner live that would have been yeah huge my parents did uh not then I mean way back we're talking long long many years ago and they always say it was that like a high school thing or something like they always talk about seeing Tina and Ike at a high school dance well they used to have these things called teen towns in mm. St. Louis, I bet that might have been it, and it was the young folk like sock hops, you know. And that yes, was that's right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was when like Ike and Tina would be on stage, and Jules Blattner, and they would play at these teen towns, Bob Cuban, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, back in the day, before, uh, before the uh, you know, the concerts, concerts were so, were so like not what they are now at all <laughs> you know well there not, are no concerts i want to know what concerts right. were like when... <laughs> i've missed them i haven't <laughs> been to one in so long i know. I went to the el monstero show out at riverport uh, in their parking lot so i got to see oh it. that's cool well, the St. Louis Symphony is back to uh, changing the subject. The St. Louis mm-hmm. Symphony is now back. Uh, they're limiting Powell Hall to 300 seats. And before it was like 2,700. But Good. they started. They started Friday. And then the Fox Theater is having touring shows return this fall, starting in November. And hey, Lion Ham- King's coming back. <laughs> and and uh, Hamilton's going to be here for practically a month. 
Yeah, and oh, but wow. not till not till next May. So uh, the shows that they announced are Lion King, uh, Pretty Woman, the musical, The Prom, finally, Mean Girls, and My Fair Lady. Yeah, and so Cats. great. And Riverdance, the 25th anniversary, I think. But oh um, I love the Riverdance. <laughs> is he coming back? Is it is Riverdance? Is, it, is it the Lord of the Dance? Michael no, Flatley? It's, no, it's Lord. Lord. No, no, he, he, no. But there, I mean, that <laughs> was. Right. That, there'll, be, there'll be no Michael Flatley but, here. The headband <laughs> but, is great. <laughs> Oh yeah, the headband. Well, you know that was always confusing because he started with Riverdance, but then he yeah. got and booted then he out. Broke off. Yeah, mm. and then the Lord of the Dance. I think I saw both of them actually, but why? When Channel Nine, well, you know, it was the thing why? to do back then. Wasn't Channel it? Nine. Uh, <laughs> that was like that when they showed Riverdance back in the mid '90s. After it was, that was like the biggest selling thing ever on Channel Nine. It was and now it's the Hill documentary. Yeah. Yes. So, well, you uh, know, this might be, I have a little inside, maybe too inside. We, I had my, probably my best program director I ever had was Smoky Rivers. You might've oh, heard of Smoky, Smoky Rivers. Oh, oh, yeah. I, I know Smoky. You know I met, I met. Yes. And when he graduated from Y98 and KZK in St. Louis to New York City, WNEW, we did Smoky Rivers dance. And Lance <laughs> Hildebrand and I, Greg Hewitt, we all did this big dance with uh, to the music and uh, Smoky Rivers dance. There's still pictures out there. Don't look. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Dance. Yeah, the internet uh, is unforgiving. It is unforgiving. That's it right. all lives. All right, I want to mention a movie that I saw and it. I was expecting it to be something different than it was. It's called Boys versus Girls and it's very Canadian. And <laughs> it's, it's about... First of all, it opened up with con cans. I never promised you a rose garden. I beg your pardon. A song that I had forgotten existed from 1988. And once that song hit, I said, I have to watch this entire 80 minute movie just because they hooked me on. They paid for two songs in this cheap little uh, uh -huh. Canadian comedy production. They, they paid for the con can song, which everyone had forgotten. And they paid for We Belong by Pat Benatar. Other, <laughs> other than that, it, it is, is uh, well, it's also Canadian. It's a, It stars Colin Mockery from uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway? He is the biggest name that you'll know unless you know Canadian drama. Uh, and in a small supporting role, Kevin McDonald from Kids in the Hall. So mm. those are the big names. Those are the, the Canadian stars that, you will see if you watch this, but Sean Benson means nothing to me because I don't know Canadian uh, television. Nia Rome, I, that means nothing to me because I don't know Canadian television. Eric Osborne, all these other people that are in this movie, I don't know who they are. And that's not nothing against them. And they're, they're supposed to be counselors at this teenage camp. And mm. the conceit is, it's, it's 1989-1990, and in 1989, the boys get the camp for the month of June, and the girls get the camp for the month of August, so it's, of course, hedonistic for one month, and then very Lilith Fair for the next month. In order to have the camp survive, 
next year, the entire summer has to be co-ed. Oh. Yet they don't tell the kids that. So it is the name of the movie is Boys versus Girls. And it's very tame and it's very Canadian. It's not, I thought it was going to be some R-rated sex romp. And it's not. It's it's so Canadianly polite. And yeah. even though I've I've been to Canada and I've I well see, I went to a Canadian hockey game in Winnipeg and not all people in Canada are polite because the Blues <laughs> beat the Jets. And so the guy was drunk and he wanted to fight. And But that's a story for a different time. And you were wearing your jersey, of course. And I was wearing my jersey. I was wearing the clown jersey. And it was, oh, mm -hmm. I was wearing the 90s clown jersey. And the guy wanted <sighs> to fight me. And after, after he was escorted out of the building, more than one person in the bathroom came up to me and said, we're not like that. We apologize mm. for him. So that's a very wow. Canadian thing to do also. But this movie is so Canadian. And there are a couple laugh out loud moments. But um, yeah, I, I, I guess I would like it more if um, I was Canadian. And I, But I did. I was a teenager at the time that this movie takes place. And so I can appreciate a lot of the little things that they do. They're getting the late 80s, early 90s very right in this. So Except is it sort of like a meatballs, but tamer? A lot tamer. I mean, you could, it's probably PG-13, except there are, they do things that like, it's, it's PG-13. They try to do some gross out stuff. They try to do some adult humor. What? what teenagers would think is adult humor. So it's not, it's not uh, cerebral. I, I, I liked it, but I don't know if I would recommend it. Well, I usually enjoy the camp uh, genre of films, like, because meatballs. And it is its own genre. Because my brother, my late brother, Matt, was exactly, Bill, if you had to pick one movie that typified him, because he was a teacher and a coach, it would be Bill Murray in Meatballs. And I like Indian Summer, and there's a theater camp movie called Camp that is a hoot and a holler, and Anna Kendrick is in it, and Robin DeHay Hughes, and it's all about theater kids. So if you know theater kids, it's really funny. And then, and it's based on that, that summer camp that's the theater one in New York, upstate New York, called Stage Manor, I think it is. But anyway, I do enjoy the camp movie. And so if Canadians are polite, that might be kind of fun <laughs> to watch. Well, now, now that brings us to something that I want to recommend, but with a caveat. This is on Netflix right now. Some, you have to like Eric Andre. And I like Eric Andre. I don't always like his show on Adult Swim, but I like Eric Andre as an actor and as a comedian. But he has a new, uh, he has a new movie out. It's called Bad Trip, and it is him and Lil Rel and Tiffany Haddish. Now, I was talking to a friend of mine, who happens to be African American, and he goes, "I don't like Tiffany Haddish because she's like the girl that has uh, spicy Cheetos at seven o'clock in the morning." And I said. I don't know what that means, but if you don't like her, I under, I can understand how some people don't like Tiffany Haddish. And I understand 
immensely how some people do not like Eric Andre. Now, is he connected with uh, uh, Johnny Knoxville's uh, humor like Jackass and Bad Grandpa? That's what this, that, this movie is in the veins of Bad, uh, Dirty Grandpa and Borat. And in fact, when oh, Eric wow. Andre finished uh, filming this movie, he showed it to Sasha Baron Cohen and Sasha Baron Cohen said, you're doing it just like, it's a whole bunch of sketches and, you know, hidden camera things where they do outrageous stuff, which he does on his TV show too, loosely based on some plot. It, it, he meets his high school girlfriend or his high school crush and follows her to New York. And it's Michaela Conlon from Bones, which is the, the girl that played Angela on Bones, who was ZZ Top's daughter. It was, it was, Hmm. If, if you didn't watch Bones, you don't know what I'm talking about. But she's hmm. the she's the actress who is his foil in this. And she's each one of them, Lil Rel, Eric Andre, Michaela, and Tiffany Haddish, they're all involved in all the pranks. So there'll be a scene where Lil Rel does something. There's a scene where Eric Andre does something. There's a scene where Tiffany Haddish does something. And there's even a scene where Michaela Conlon does something. And the audience, the audience, not just us watching, but the people around them don't know what's going on. And so, of course, they all have to sign releases. At the, at the end of the movie, you see the gotcha moment where they say, hey, I'll, you guys are in a movie now. And they're like, where are the cameras? But it's interesting. This film was shot in 2019, and it was supposed to be at South by Southwest in 2020. That's where it was supposed to premiere. And that got canceled. So they waited a whole year for it to come out. And it's so interesting. And this is even before the pandemic, how helpful people are. Because, you know, he, he does pratfalls. He, uh, they blow up a car. They drive through a building. And people are like, are you okay? He does this thing at a bar. And a woman runs up. I'm a nurse. I'm a nurse. I'm here to help. And it's really interesting because they're trying to do all these things to, you know, especially with Borat. Borat is trying to do social commentary with this. Eric Andre is just doing things to disrupt the world. And so when he does all these things, he's not doing it in the Borat vein. It's more of a, as you said, Lynn, Johnny Knoxville type of dirty grandpa kind of thing. Uh -huh. Well, Awkward. I saw the preview on Netflix because I turned on Netflix to watch the Audrey Hepburn documentary. Yep. And the first thing you see is the bad trip mm -hmm. preview. And it had a lot of bodily fluids in it. And I'm not yes. one for... <laughs> and that's not... why, that is why I recommend this with, and as I said on the radio today, if you can watch the first five minutes of this and you're okay with it, because there is, there, is, there is a male nudity scene in it. And mm. if you're if you're if you chuckle or laugh after the first five minutes, then you're fine for the next hour and a half. But if you're uncomfortable and said this is not for me, oh, and there are a lot of n bombs and there's a little bit of bestiality, and, <laughs> but it's a guy in a monkey suit. It's a it's well, so that's a litmus test, huh? The first five minutes with the male nudity, right? And then there's there's a whole thing about the two guys in the Chinese finger trap gone wrong. It's just, it's really, that's why I'm recommending this with an asterisk. Because if you can make it for the first five minutes, hopefully the rest of the movie is for you. If, if you're not in it at the first five minutes, delete it 
and say, uh, vote it down. So it's, would you like to continue watching Bad Trip? No, you're not. <laughs> you're not going to want to finish watching it. And I will tell you not to. If you're uncomfortable, you don't like it. But then again, someone told me this week, and Lynn, someone, I found someone that really, really loved Yes Day. And I don't believe that there, there are no, these people out there. And you said it was cute, but I don't know if I would. Oh, it's it's fantastic. You and your wife will love it. Well, some people just want to be entertained. My sisters, uh, uh, they they just like movies that they just want to relax. They want to be entertained. I told them to watch Promising Young Woman last Saturday night, <laughs> and they both did, and they both loved it, and so did their husbands. So yeah, but that's I was, a different I was movie like, than yesterday. I know, score, score. But most of the time, they're happy with things like yesterday. That's what they yeah. want. They don't want to be... Think now. I have two very serious movies this week uh, okay. that I watched, and and they both are have. Well, unlike hold on, Lynn, Lynn. Before you say that, I just want to say one more time and tell Paul: Do not let your children watch this. It is TVMA hard R. So well, let me say: though, uh, You would want to watch it with. You would want to watch Yesterday with a kid. I think that's what my right. wife did. But yes. your, I don't know, Carl. There's something about my personality with that genre of uh, bad trip. I feel badly for the people. I, I, I same with uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, Borat. I a laugh, but then I start to feel uh, self-conscious for them. I, but, I feel like maybe I there unless their face is blurred, you therapy. know that they signed the release, that they're okay with them being in the movie. That's a good little moment, a point. You're right. But I just, I don't know, where you make people feel bad and they're accidentally going into this because they are good at people. It just, I always feel badly. Got to get over the that. Same That's why you. Punk did it to me as well. Right. That's why I, I'm, I'm with you, Paul. I just feel bad like these poor people are being taken. But then uh, Lynn, Carl I want you, I want you to they watch they signed the first... releases. Yeah. Right. I want you to yeah, watch that's the first point. five minutes. And if you don't like it, then, but then again, you didn't like the promo. <laughs> the promo's giving you a big tease of what's going to happen. Yes, and there there is a big vomiting scene in a bar where he's done shots for like three hours. But try I don't to know what it is about. There's too much vomiting on screen these days. I don't <laughs> like bodily it. functions. You're right. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. No, I don't like to watch people go into the bathroom. Okay. Oh, no. Well, it's no. not funny to me, Carl. It's just not funny. Once again. Watch the first five minutes, and if you don't like it, don't watch it. I think it's my my a Catholic uh, a student uh, schooling went in the sixties. I, I went to Catholic school for <laughs> sixteen years, and well, actually seventeen because I went to kindergarten there too. So I I grew Repressed. out of that. <laughs> I grew yes. out of that. All right, Lynn, let's talk about the serious movies. I talked. I told okay. you about two silly movies. You talk about something. Very serious. Well, I these both star unlikely lead heroes. Uh, one is Paul. Uh, one is Bob Odenkirk, and the oh, other yeah. is Eddie Izzard. So, you saw or, nobody. Yeah. So Bob Odenkirk is a Chicago native of Naperville, Illinois, and he went to SIU Carbondale, and he worked at WI. BD radio station, which my son Charlie worked at, and he's revered, but I thought he graduated from Carbondale, but he left three credits shy uh. of graduation, 
and moved to Chicago to do sketch comedy. And he got in with uh, Second City people. He finally did get on Second City. And then he got a writing gig at SNL. And he was on SNL eight years. And he is responsible for the Chris Farley skit, Matt Foley, motivational speaker. Oh, wow. Well, also Mr. Show with Bob and David. Right. So, I mean, yeah. he's a legend. He, he wrote for Dennis Miller's show, Conan O'Brien. He, he wrote all these different things. And then he started being a guest star. Like he wrote on the Ben Stiller show and won an Emmy. He won an Emmy for Saturday Night Live. And so, you know, he starts doing these little character bits on TV series and he gets on Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad as they wanted, the, a, they wanted a comedian for Breaking Bad. And they said, let's get Bob Odenkirk. And he played Saul. And he, well, Jimmy McGill right. uh, mm-hmm. uh, is the lawyer. And then they they spun off his character. The prequel. Into Better Call Saul, which he has been Emmy nominated for. And it's now in its last season. But he is an unlikely action hero. So nobody is Bob Odenkirk as this nondescript dad. He lives in the suburbs. His wife is distant. Connie Nielsen plays his wife. His kids are, he's got a teenage son and a, a young daughter. Now the young daughter adores him, but the teenage son's always like rolling his eyes and stuff. He's just one of those milk toast guys. He works for his father-in-law. He's a as, nobody. As the accountant. He plays that well. He does. Yes, he does. And so he is, uh, they, uh, two people break into his house this one night and he grabs a golf club and he's about ready to use it on, but his son takes action, but he just stands there kind of frozen thinking, uh, I don't want to do this. So his whole family thinks he's a total wimp. He is very angry and frustrated by his behavior. And he decides hmm. to, to take, uh, he turns, like he flips a switch and it's Charles Bronson in Death Wish. And uh, I would also say there's a little bit of Liam Neeson in the Taken trilogy here mm-hmm. because he has oh. an he has a hidden past his dark secrets and uh so this unleashes this fire within him and when you find out the big twist which i'm not going to reveal even though you you know i wonder what it is he used to be right yeah he used to be and well this this is a clue his father is christopher lloyd AKA Reverend uh, Jim from Taxi and Doc Brown or from Doc Brown, yeah, yeah, Back yeah. to the Future, Back to the Future, and uh, wow. he is he's living in this like a li- assisted living home, and he's retired FBI. Oh, and, and he's and, and he says to his dad, "Dad, there's something I got to do," and so he borrows his badge. And he uh, tries to masquerade as this FBI guy, but anyway, um, did he write it? Or is he a, a producer on this? He's a producer I mean, is it on Bob it. Bob Odenkirk he, comedy. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, he did not write it. The guy who wrote it is responsible it's from John Wick. Yeah, it's creating Derek Colstad. That's hilarious. Yeah, so that. so all of a sudden, Bob Odenkirk is this one man wrecking crew. And he takes on the Russian drug lord in town. <laughs> and it's, it is, I will say this, it is one of the most violent movies I've ever seen. But, wow. but there's enough in it with the plot twists 
And even though it gets really tedious and repetitive with the, you know, I'm not one for all these video game shootouts. A lot of gunfire, a lot of squealing tires, a lot of that. But Bob Odenkirk it has this role with genuine authority. You totally believe it and you have to believe him. Yeah, or wow. else the movie won't work. How's uh, Michael Ironside and Riza? Uh, well, Riz is great as his brother. Yeah, yeah. Riz is great. From um, the Wu-Tang Clan. Right. Michael Ironside's yeah. the guy whose head exploded in scanners. Um, he <laughs> he uh, plays his father-in-law and he's not in it very much, but I mean, he I mean, it's I mean, he's fine. I mean, none of the supporting people are in it for very long. So basically, it's a Bob Odenkirk vehicle. And that's about it. Uh, it is Connie Nielsen in it a lot or is she just there to be disappointed? she's there to be the the wife like on the bus stop like he takes the bus to work every day um she is a realtor so she's on the bus stop ad every day when ah, he's sitting there he's got to sit on her face <laughs> and so it's not funny this is an uh, an action movie with a lot of blood right you're saying to me right okay. so it's I'm not learning something from mcdonald's hold on are there Keep any <laughs> are there any like humorous moments in it yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's Bob Odenkirk, you know, and and he uh, when the investigators get him, he's smoking a cigarette and his face is all pummeled. And he it's not one of these action guys where he doesn't have a scratch. He has a lot of scratches. And uh, oh, so good. he's he's got the Realistic. cat. He's got their their family cat. And he's like, I'm a nobody. And he's smoking a cigarette. I'm a nobody. And but what started it off was the robbers at his the break in. They took his kids because they the only money they had was, you know, how like families have a bowl with change and dollars, yeah. and all <laughs> sorts of, you know, their junk, their junk bowl. And so the the kitty cat bracelet was taken by the robbers. So it starts off with Bob Odenkirk trying to get the kitty cat bracelet back for his daughter. Because <laughs> she's the one wow. that likes him. Wow. <laughs> so it's the, <laughs> yeah, the one who likes him. <laughs> Where is the kitty cat bracelet? <laughs> wow. Oh, God. It's like, you know, because like dads, you guys both are dads, you know. Yes. You're looking for the binky and, and you're sleep deprived and you're trying to find the book or the binky or the or the, the blanket that they're holding or, you Very know, and, and, and you're just like, oh, my God, where is it? Mm -hmm. Please, God, let me find it. You're going through the whole house. Yeah. Those binkies, especially for the daughter. Yeah, yes. yeah. Those binkies wind up in the most unbelievable places. Yes, they do. <laughs> they do. So, I want a binky story. Can I tell my binky yes, story real quick? Please, please. My daughter Quinn. We we tried. She's eighteen now, getting ready to graduate from Ursuline, and uh, so we, you know she was addicted to the binky, right? Addicted to the binky, and not yet walking. We tried to we we you know ramped her down from binky use and. Uh, we got to where we were free of Binky for two months, right? Well, oh, she's cool. cruising around, crawling in that. One day, all of a sudden, we, she just kind of cruises by us with a Binky, with a Binky in. You know, we got rid of all the Binkies. She found it in a vent, down in a vent that had dog hair on it <laughs> and was just happy as punch. Yeah, did not care. And we just laughed so hard. Where in the heck did you find that? <laughs> and then you threw that one away you burned that one that's right with tears uh, there were tears like well, how uh, could you do this i found it 
Yeah. yeah. Well, then after I had my kids, they had those ones where they had the neck where you could like, you know, attach it to the kid. Yes. That's right, a little yeah. pocket protector or something. Yeah, attached. No, it was yes. it was just a, it was just a clip. <laughs> it's just a, a clip, banana clip. A clip. That's right. That's yeah, right. and I was like, where was that when Charlie and Tim were little? Because you know they weren't. Uh, but the <laughs> next movie is a yet another World War II movie, and oh. this is a little known one. And Eddie Izzard is not only the performer. But writer on it, he lived in this area. It's called uh, uh, you're using You're using the wrong pronouns. Okay. Eddie okay. Izzard goes by she, she her. That's right. He, her. That's right. He, I did say that on K. I I did say that on KTRS. He identifies as a female. He he she he? she actually doesn't care. <laughs> he prefers he. Eddie Izzard is gender fluid prefers she but doesn't mind he him because they know that you've known Eddie Izzard one way for a long time and so they aren't they aren't uptight about that well he's a comic genius as far as i'm <laughs> concerned and his one his one woman shows are hilarious and uh i first he first got big uh, hbo had a special with him and then he blew mm -hmm. up and then he was on this tv show that i didn't watch but i heard good things about it called the riches yes. he and mini driver and then yes yeah and i never did watch it but i heard good things about it and he has received emmy awards and and all sorts of stuff and i think maybe even a grammy for his one woman shows Dressed to and, kill. right and he's been on um, actually, if you see this movie called High Note with uh, Tracy Ellis Ross and Dakota Johnson. Oh, didn't yeah. You didn't like it. No, I didn't like it. But he, he was the best thing about it. He has a cameo. as she this, has a, she's, she's been nominated for a Tony as well. Right. Wow. That's it. That's it. And Joe, uh, De Life and Death versatile. of Joe Egg. Yes. Uh, she, Ocean's yeah. 11 or Ocean's yeah. something. He was a guy in that. 12 and 13. Yeah, and uh, so this year he was in the high note. He he plays like an Elton John type superstar, and he's fantastic in one scene. It's just great. It's like the the sauna scene, and it's he's just wonderful <laughs> in it. And uh, then he was in this movie called Get Duped, which is on Amazon, which is a hoot. Yes, it's a hoot. Oh, it's great. And he plays a bad guy. Good. Yeah, he plays a yeah, bad he's guy. He's great in that. And that's a great uh, idea. The Duke, the Duke, yeah. right? That whole duking <laughs> yeah. area. Yes. Yeah. It's really and, funny. Uh, it's so surprising that movie. I reviewed mm -hmm. it and hardly anybody else did. But uh, so Eddie Izzard's playing a man in this. Right. He plays a Russian, a Russian. He plays a British spy. So that's a switch. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he mm -hmm. entirely carries it off. Is it, is it a straight role or is it, you said it's not a comedy. No, it's very, it's a dramatic thriller. Well, they call it a thriller, but it's not really, it's really pretty dull. Right. Yeah, but it's, it's not just Eddie Izzard, it's Judy Dench and James Darcy and Jim Broadbent. It's got a good cast. I know, it wastes two Oscar winners. Judy Dench doesn't do much. And Jim Broadbent is the bus driver. And I mean, he's, he's in one scene where he helps him. So what happens is, there is this all girls boarding school on the coast of England that their only students this summer are the German Nazi elites daughters. 
Oh, so they gosh. have 20 German girls and Judy Dench is trying to be neutral as the headmistress. And it opens with the English teacher can't find his camera and thinks he's been compromised and he's running uh, down the beach. And all of a sudden you see his hat fly. So, you know, he's been killed and they hire Eddie Izzard. <laughs> to be the the replacement language teacher so he is this proper english gentleman but he's really a spy and he it gets compromised because one of the faculty members is a nazi operative oh and she is a woman and this woman holds a gun on people and it shakes all the time and it is the i i can't see I can't remember another movie where somebody's got a gun on somebody for the longest time with no action. I mean, it's just like the pacing in this movie is so weird. It's directed by Andy Goddard, who also has done Downton Abbey and Doctor Who. But apparently he's never done a thriller because the pacing is way, way, way off. So eddie what platform lynn where did you see this um it is Sorry. only in theaters and it's i oh, oh okay. you know what you know what it is it is um because ifc is the is the uh mm. studio they said it is everywhere you rent a movie so it is available so video on demand yeah so it's video okay. on demand and it's in theaters is it plaza frontenac it's at ronnie's uh no i think galleria and um somewhere else but anyway um it's based on a true story. Uh, they there was a school from 1932 to 1939, and uh, wow, the so they it's a very thin story. They've got this thing, you know, the because it's 1939. It's right before England joined the war. And it's after Hitler, Hitler invaded Poland, which is the big, you know, tip mm -hmm. right to the World War. And Chamberlain wants to appease and... It's mm. for the big guy, huh? Right. So Eddie uh, grew up in this area, and I guess he was at the museum, and he saw this, and he thought, well, this would be a good story. So he wrote it with two other guys, including the director. And I mean, it's noble intentions and all, but it's just really dull. It's very slow moving in the beginning. And then it does pick up, I will say, it does pick up midway. And then you have some tension. And then you are wondering what happens. But I think because Judy Dench is 88, they just have her be this, you know, she's a hard ass head, head mistress. And then she shows some compassion towards the end. But there's well, like- Well, I sense kind of, Lynn, the way you said another world more too many, do you guys either, I'll ask both, are there too many of these? Are, there, are we hitting this too hard? No. Or is that even possible Because we keep finding out more and more stories that were actually true. And every time you go, Oh wow! I didn't know that. Anytime right. you, anytime True. you think about about that, you go, "Oh wow, that's in, like Monuments Men and should another... have been a great movie, and it sucked. It's just that was just so George Clooney can get all, all of his friends to have a vacation in Europe." What Monuments was that Men movie? is a great story. <laughs> what was that movie we liked? Uh, Carl, it's another IFC. It's the Women Spies, and that was based on true. That was good. Oh, uh, uh, it, it's the star is the. Uh, uh, the writer, uh, a call to 
A call to spies? Is it a, a call, call to spies? A, a call to spy. That's it. It's a call to spy. Huh. Yeah, that Very was fascinating. Easy. It was about the women uh, spies. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Well, I can't believe that they keep finding stories because you would think that it would be, you know, but it's not. Mm -hmm. And so, but it just depends if they're done well. But uh, on KTRS, Ray is always kidding me because he's like, how many World War II movies are there? Because every Sarah, year Sarah we Megan, were... Sarah Megan Thomas was the writer and the star of that movie. But but, but they, it's the story and not all of those spies lived for that story. It, it, mm. That was something I never... And well, hell, Imitation Game, the whole story, Alan Turing's in the news again for because... The British treated him so badly after winning them the war. Right. So it just, it just depends. But um, there's so many stories that we have yet to find out. But we do get at least, what, five, six movies a year? About World War II? Mm-hmm. Uh, what would what say... was the Tom Hanks one last year? Oh, great. The submarine? Yeah. On, yeah. That's on that was Apple. great. That was good. I was yeah, really I was surprised. Um, yeah, I think it <laughs> Yeah, weren't you? Because it was yeah, because it's it's just, Tom Hanks yeah. on a submarine, and he's actually subdued. But yeah, no, the action yeah. in that. I was guess he's actually really on a good. boat. Is it a boat? I'm sorry. Yeah, he is, is a boat. He's, he's a he's on a boat, but no, they are attacking submarines. Yeah, that I mean, it's pretty cool what he did. You know, in those hours, unbelievable. I mean, a huge part of winning the war, at least it seems from that. Right. Well, you can't uh, discount uh, him. Well, there's another scandal. Did we talk about this last week, Carl? I can't remember. Operation Varsity Blues. Yes, we did. You said you saw it and... Oh, it'll make you mad. Yeah, what do you think? Um, it's good, yeah. but it'll make you mad. But it's done in a docudrama yeah. format where the, conversa the, the conversations are real, but they reenact them with actors. Mm -hmm. what do you think of that with real uh, footage it's kind of weird you guys have probably covered this long many times is that a new genre this um you know i saw no. the russian Revolution. robert stack's been doing unsolved mysteries for years <laughs> where it's acted exactly yeah, reenactment you're right but actually quality reenactments you know uh these yeah. quality lynn well, yeah, I mean Matthew Modine, Modine is really good, and as that as that slime ball, what a Rick slime Singer, ball. Rick Singer. But Man. you know, um, Paul, you have college age. You know, you have a student who's going to probably go to college. And uh, what do you think about that? These parents getting unfair advantage for their children. Ah, uh, horrible. I think they kind of hit it too. It, it maybe in the end, I almost wanted my daughter to see this. Who you know, still compares herself to this and that and who's going where, you know, someone says at the end, there are many great colleges in, in the world and you can make a great living. And it doesn't even prove when you've been to one of these great Ivy League or maybe even Stanford that you do, you're happier or you make all that much more. And I think it's all status, you know, and like just you got these kids that are second generation success, right? And they aren't working hard. Let's just say, uh, you know, two of the, the more famous uh, Felicity and so-and-so's kids. That are Lori Laughlin. Like, Lori Laughlin. Laughlin, yeah. And uh, it's just all about my daughter's going to Stanford. Not, you know, like we looked in the, we looked in the catalog and she's also on the road team. You know, I mean, you don't worry about <laughs> that, but it's just, uh, I agree. I, I hate that 
concept. I'm glad. I wish they'd gotten more, to be honest, the way they defrauded uh, the university system. Oh, yeah. The, way and, the and, university and, system yeah. allowed it. And the duplicitous Ooh. people and the enablers and everything. That's right. so big. Right. Yeah. Well, one of my friends, her, her son was the valedictorian at a local high school, a public high school. And he was looking at the Eastern Ivy League schools, but they were also snotty because a lot of them had gone to those prep school for high school. And so he went to Stanford. Yeah. He, he went, he, he, that was his pick. But I think if you're going to go into law or medicine or high end business, uh, management, you know, sure, Ivy League schools, that matters on your resume, but as the proud mother of two state school graduates who had internships at NBC and Sesame Street, yeah. I am oh, a well. pro state school person. I graduated from a state school and so did Bob. Well, Bob Odenkirk didn't graduate and neither did <laughs> Brad Pitt, but they were state school. Brad Pitt went to Mizzou. And he grew oh, up yeah. in Springbilly. So, you know, I mean, state schools, look at U of I. U of I is a yeah. state school. Of course, we can't Absolutely. watch their basketball Great team, can we? School. <laughs> no, holy cow. Well, before we, before we wrap it up here, um, I want to say that I have not seen, but I have heard both Andy Cohen, uh, that the, uh, his For Real E miniseries, that it is... Um, it's not the best. And it, it's, it, the first, the first episode is all about Kardashians, but they haven't shown any. Like, if you have a favorite reality show and you want to learn the history of that, like next week, I think is Real World and Survivor. So, I think you might hmm. want to. I think you might want to pick and choose which episodes you watch. And I've also heard that the Mighty Ducks is just like Cobra Kai. So if you like Cobra Kai, oh. you might like the Mighty Ducks Game Changers because oh. in both in Cobra Kai and Mighty Ducks, the good guys are the bad guys, and vice versa. Now, yeah, you see their story. It's it, it's a great one. I got to say, I, I'll throw back to the Andy Cohen. That's the one thing I don't. Well, I miss. I, I don't miss a lot about music radio, but I don't miss the hot buttered Hollywood nugget, even though it was so fun having to follow Kardashian stuff on TMZ and reporting and people wanting and to hear it, people wives. not wanting to hear it and getting beat up. I, I don't miss that. Good. Decided I'm after, glad you don't have to do that anymore. After Thank watching Whitney Houston's being Bobby Brown, uh, a reality show back in the the early 2000s and it was a train wreck i decided i made a vow to myself i am not going to watch other people live their lives when i have a life to live and i should be living it <laughs> instead of watching somebody else's life so i Eat cut out and all that yeah yeah i cut out reality shows except for i do love the reality competition shows the singing shows, the uh, Project Runway, and the food competitions on Amazing Network. Race. You know, so if it's oh, if yeah. it's a competition, I'm in. But if it's just showing your life, because it's all so staged and it's all you know, it's it's a heightened reality of competition, and they have to have conflicts. And I do not want to watch any part of the Kardashians living their lives. Now, uh, I, I got watched one, the, kind of, go ahead, go Carl. Carl. I was the one honorable mention, though, is the we just got the Paramount uh, Plus thing, 
And the real world, 29 years later, they go back to New York City. Right. You've probably seen this. And they live there for a week. And it is fascinating. The, the racial injustice conversations, gender. I mean, it's, it's the same really one they had before. It's the yeah, same exactly. one they had 30 it's, years ago. And one of the guys has COVID, Eric Neese, who was probably the most successful. So I will yep. say that, uh, of course, that's the godfather, granddaddy of them all that started it. it it's really well, no, the Loud family, overall, though. The Loud family were the first ones. But Real World, Real oh, yes. World on MTV, that, yes, that was the most, in, in, its, in its second life, that wasn't on PBS. Because, you know, I would Good still point. say that the Loud family on um American Masters on PBS, those were probably the first ones, or even 28 or 7 Up, all the, the Apted movies from reality shows, but they, they, they still do 7 Up every seven years. Well, but... I, yeah, I will say watching the Osbournes on MTV was one of my guilty pleasures because you could not believe they were like a real family. But, but yes. the real world is probably for television, uh, pop culture because you know pbs could still be highbrow and michael yeah. after doing these british documentaries is highbrow real world was on mtv so yeah it was it was MBT, groundbreaking MBT, yeah and i don't think i was talking to my wife i don't think people would miss it today but mtv was where you went i mean you will people liked watching videos then and there was nothing else you know so i think it came at the right time too to blow up and become a mushroom Right. And then VH1, uh, I watched a, a celeb reality, whatever that was, where they all lived together. They were they were like uh, D-list celebrities yep, and, and yep. they all lived together. What was that? There was also one on addiction and relationships that way. Yeah. Wasn't there? Is yeah. That and that was when like mm -hmm. Brigitte Nielsen hooked up with Flavor Flame. <laughs> Yeah, these people come back, you're like, oh my God. That was a whole new kind of genre, the, the, uh -huh. the B or the past celeb thing. You're right. Sorry to derail, guys. Well, no, no but no, no but okay. but what drives me crazy is all these housewives and everything who've become celebrities just because they're on TV. What did they do? Why are they a celebrity? Why is Paris Hilton a celebrity? Why is Kim Kardashian a celebrity? Paris Hilton is a celebrity because she is the she's the heiress of the Hilton Hotel fortune. That is why she Rich. is a celebrity. But you know what I'm saying? What did they do? What did they do? No and talent. And then, yes. like, I'll watch that people show that's after the news. Yes, and because be they got rid of Entertainment Tonight. Right. Yeah, they got rid the... of Entertainment Tonight and did the People Show. Right. And oh, and they... Yeah, um, with a Mizzou graduate, though. Kay is a Mizzou graduate. Yeah, that's right. But that's why everybody talks up. about Kay went to Mizzou. And she's actually very likable. Uh, but... Yeah like they'll have the bachelor people on as like they'll go like their names and everything i go who are these people and why should i yeah. care they Quiet, are on grandma they'll get dating. off your lawn one day <laughs> i know but they're on fake dating shows how do you fall in love with cameras all over and scripts and i don't get orchestrated that. Yeah, yeah i don't get that why would you you know like that that saturday night live skit I remember when they'd show The Bachelor and then Max said he and his wife were, you know, going through channels one night and, and there was The Bachelor and he said, it's exactly like the SNL skits. <laughs> oh, yeah. Accurate. All right. So, Paul, yeah. Before, so before we let you go, we need to let everyone know about PaulCookTalks.com. 
Well, thank you, Carl. That's so amazing. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, I had a time in my life here, by the way. Um, yes, paulcooktalks.com, a resource to, uh, of course, you know, learn more about the latest in fentanyl. But also, you know, I love talking to groups. Uh, you don't always have to have a budget for that. And now doing virtual catered um, and I think well-produced videos for organizations, parents and that. And I really want to talk about, I talk to more parents and just people in general of trauma's relation to addiction, which is just so tightly connected. So uh, thanks for asking. And we have a lot of online courses there. Like when someone gets cancer or gets sick, if you're like me, the first thing you think about is, am I going to lose my sobriety with this pain medication and the stress? So I have an online course about that, or, you know, wow. I have one where you, I'm helping to find your glow after illness, which is all about post-traumatic growth, which is an amazing concept that I didn't create, but I help you find. So uh, I appreciate you let me, let me pitch it. Well, you are a survivor of stage three colon rectal cancer. So uh, that is an important part Twice. of your story. Yeah. Yeah. Which is. And, not, and not just, not just you, you've, you've had uh, situations in your family as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Wife. And uh, yeah, thank you for, I understand that, but my wife had it in 2014 breast cancer. It's just a weird thing, but you really start to see that those things that brought you to your knees become your cause in, in so many people that way. And so we can have a little bit of gratitude, not full gratitude, but a gratitude for it. Now. Just enough. And also Dang. you, uh, what's good is you take away, you talk about the shame because so many people don't want to come forward or they're just, they feel shame about it. And it is, it happens in all families, all walks of life. It does not discriminate, like you said. And uh, just as an aside, I hope your wife and daughter are feeling better after their COVID uh, experience. Yes. Yes, just positive. My daughter a week ago today, wife had a horrible week, but she bounced back. She's got Yay. the fog, but uh, bounced back. And uh, I got my first shot on Thursday, so I might escape this thing Yay. without it. We'll see. So thank I you for asking. So. They're both doing better. Yeah, no reason. Okay, just real quick. I want to just alert people to that right now on DVD, The Father is video on demand. If you don't want to go to the movies to see Anthony Hopkins, you can rent it. Mm. News of the World and Soul, which Paul, you brought up, they are both on DVD. And uh, our friend, which is the cancer movie with Casey Affleck and Dakota Johnson and Jason Siegel, that is on digital now, but will be on DVD on March 30th. So we've got that tonight. Maya Rudolph is on SNL. And then we have two Oscar nominees the next two weeks, Daniel Kaluuya on April 3rd and K Carrie Mulligan on April 10th. I wonder Ooh. how much she'll get to use her real voice. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Well, she's such a versatile actress. Mm -hmm. And then the Producers Guild went with... Uh, Nomadland for movie. Swanky introduced it and said a year ago, if you would have said PGA, I would have thought it was a golf tournament. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I know. Yeah. And then, yeah. Where can we find you on the socials, young lady? I am all over the socials. And then I'm at Webster Kirkwood Times online and in print and also KTRS every Thursday night at around 10, 15, 10, 30 with Ray Hartman and Lynn, uh, Miller Furniture presents Lynn Van House Goes to the Movies. 
and can, we're here. And then I have ahead. a website, poplifestl.com. You can hear me. Um, next week is weird. After 30 years of doing morning drive, I am helping Mark Reardon to make the transition to afternoons. Oh. And so I'm going to be wow. on with him for the next two weeks, making sure that his show uh, survives the transition from the AM dial to the FM dial. I'm and glad then, he had you. Well, he it's it's going to be fun. I hope I hope to make it uh, less painful for him, because you know being on the AM dial is not the same as being on the FM dial. And you he's used to vice versa. And he's used to collaborating. He's yeah. used to having yes, but he, he he's not. But he's been hosting his own show by himself for many many years now he gets to have an ensemble so let's see let's see how that works and so i'm going to oh. help him out for the next two weeks and then you can find me at underscore carl the intern on twitter and instagram where you can see my horn test last night while they were while we were practicing the uh bobby plager um tribute so there's a little tribute in my instagram right now for bob plager at from last night's game can we see last cool. night's tribute online? Like uh, I, is... I believe it. I believe it's at the Blues website. Okay, NHL dot. Wait a minute, it's blues.nhl.com. All right, we're in blues for Bobby. There's going to be a lot more about him, but I'm glad you were part of it, Carl. The uh, people ask me where they can find our podcast. So it is on SoundCloud. We have a Real Times Trio Facebook page. We also are on onstl.com. And then my website, poplifestl.com, is where you can find all the back ones. All of these. Thank you for being on with us, Paul. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, Everybody get vaccinated, stay safe, shop local, and enjoy the spring. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.